0: Welcome to another episode of The Love Boat. This week, it's becoming a trend, guys. We're coming off another Vikings win. We've only seen two weeks that weren't. I'm Matt Johnson. Your host with me is Carter. We got Preet. No Tyler this week. He's been a bad boy and he didn't finish his zone coverage article, so he's working on that. But we will continue to record and entertain the masses. The hot topic this week is the Vikings win over the Jets, who are a solid team. and. Put out the slant slash screen, God Mike White. At least if you listen to the announcers, you'd you'd know that. But we beat him twenty-seven to twenty-two.
1: The checkdown champion, really.
0: That's all they were saying all game, just how good Mike White is and how he can just hit every checkdown perfectly. So we overcame that, and let's get into it right away. Pre, all that being said, he kind of tore us up, at least yardage wise. You know, he didn't manage to throw a touchdown, and he had two interceptions. But Mike White still threw for three hundred sixty nine yards, fifty seven times too. He yeah, he threw fifty seven times, and someone named Garrett Wilson had one hundred sixty two yards on us. Hey hey,
1: someone Garrett named Wilson? can respect Garrett, Garrett Wilson. That this was a wide receiver
0: one. What is he? Yeah,
1: he was the first round pick. Yeah. He was the first receiver picked. Do you oh. not remember? Me no, and Carter I was, not was a... in this draft at Ohio all. State legend, dude. Yeah, me and Carter were going off because Tyler said he was a jump ball merchant. Uh,
2: arguably I don't the, know about the that. third
0: best receiver on Ohio State's team that year, but and he trashed us. I didn't recognize the name, but now that you say that, yeah. I mean, I'm used to seeing like Corey Davis on there and Elijah Moore and then Mims. Obviously, Mims hasn't had a role this year. But, like, those are the names I know from the Jets. So, seeing that guy pop off on us, I was surprised. I wasn't really, I, to be I'm, honest. I'm
2: shocked. He's had a pretty good rookie season. Yeah, well, he's going to get
1: 1,000 yards.
0: Was there an issue with the secondary, Preet? That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I we mean, were missing a key player, a couple of keys corners, but we got absolutely, absolutely shredded by Mike White.
1: Yeah, I mean, we the secondary, you know, not their best performance ever, but to be fair, I mean – they were pretty short staffed. You got a Caleb Evans back, and we were thinking, "Oh, here we go." You know, this is this is really where we're going to start. You know, getting back healthy, getting back in the rhythm of things, and they take some friendly fire from Harrison Smith, and you know, he gets a second concussion. Yeah, it's his third
0: concussion this year.
1: Third concussion this year, second concussion in three weeks. So that's a disaster
0: it's... rating to happen if they yeah. don't rest him, which is a shame. But,
1: weirdly enough, the weirdly enough, the cornerbacks, other than if you take out a Caleb Evans, they seem to do. Pretty well, at least in the counting stats. Uh, Shelly was targeted eight times, gave up three receptions, two pass breakups, a passer rating allowed of 54.7. Sullivan, seven targets, four receptions, one pass breakup, 62.2. Uh, Passer rating allowed. Patrick Peterson, four targets, two receptions, a passer rating allowed of 58.3. I think it was more of the problem was after the catch. We weren't necessarily making the tackles we needed. It to make. seemed
0: like they were going for strips a lot of the time, which is... Maybe because they're riding off these big plays yeah. they've been making all year, but they yeah didn't... it was
1: it was either a strip or they're going to, like, lay the wood on him. And then, you know, Garrett Wilson somehow managed to stay upright after, you know, getting conversion on from both sides. and I felt like that kept him
0: too. Yeah,
1: but, I mean, I don't know. I feel like it was a bit of the defense was struggling to make tackles more than anything else.
0: Carter, I want to ask you something similar. I'm just, are you worried about this defense on the Vikings? There's little reason to not be, if that makes sense. Like, if they're going to get through the playoffs, they have to continue this bend-but-don't-break tendency they've been doing pretty well, considering they only gave up one touchdown and, what, five, yeah, five field goals on Sunday. But what do you what do you think you've seen from this team, and is it going to change when we get back guys like Cam Dansler and get a little more ready when we're heading to the playoffs? Yeah,
2: so honestly, I'm really not super worried about the defense i mean the jets had a ton of yards but a lot of them they were kind of grinding out trying and get a win at the end of the game and completing a lot of passes i mean they threw the ball 57 times if you don't have over <laughs> yeah. 300 passing yards throwing the ball 57 times i don't know what you were doing you were probably the new england patriots offense thanksgiving night against the vikings with swing routes to <laughs> ramondre stevenson <laughs> but like i i couldn't tell you because they're they're Bending but not breaking, but the thing is, this is how they've been playing games all year, and I don't know how far you can really go with this, with, with how this is going on, because they're giving everything up, but they're coming up clutch. It's it's just continually coming up in I mean, clutch situations, which is great, but it just the Chiefs won happening. a Super
1: Bowl with that type of defense.
2: I feel like they had a. Lot they also more, have more firepower. Yeah, they had a lot more overall consistency on the team, and like I think I said it maybe the last week or the week four, but this team—the best way I can describe it is it's consistently inconsistent. And I, I kind of disagree. One cylinder fires, the other doesn't. In in that sense, they're consistent of the actual outcome on the field a lot of the times. But like Matt Johnson said a few weeks ago, you know, especially You mean Matt are Anderson? Week. Matt. Oh, our, I'm Matt Johnson. That's embarrassing. I apologize. Maybe the magic. Our, of our guest Matt Anderson you. said last a few weeks ago, not, not our lovely host. It's just, you know, one cylinder won't click during the game. And a lot of times it's been getting a little bit better lately, but I just don't know how long you're going to go with just this strategy of just continually coming up right in the right moment, you know?
0: Yeah. And you say that, but they still have a really good turnover ratio. And but the you know, one that's thing only going to
1: carry you so far. Turnover I mean, regressions—it has
0: turnover regressions—a thing, but it really hasn't caught up to them yet. So, well, who's to say it catches up to you them just, at yeah, any point? You, you've got They're opportunistic. Them. You have to give them that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they make they get in the right position. Cam Bynum at the end of the game yeah. had that. Harrison Smith nearly called game earlier. Caleb Evans almost got his first pick too. So they they put themselves in positions where they should be to make those plays. It's it's very weird. Sometimes they play soft, and sometimes they play the most aggressive man I've ever seen. So it's kind of a mixture of the two.
2: The it's so funny because this might be a very weird analogy to bring up, but the that's Vikings basically defense, what our show
0: is is weird analogies. I that, that's
2: true. The I feel like the Vikings defense is the defensive equivalent of Kirk Cousins as a quarterback.
1: What <laughs> like, I think
0: you can, I think you can credit Ed Donatel for that. Like it's it's
2: frustrating. But it keeps getting the job done.
0: <laughs> so what Dude, I'm hearing is that if we're... If we get the one week where they both Kirk Cousins it enough, we'll either lose one and done in the playoffs, or we can go through and just win it all. Like, it's one yeah. or nothing. It's kind of what it feels like. Because, like, yes. we might get Kirktober in January. You never know. I
2: mean, hey, it it's noon every day of the week at one point,
0: so...
1: Yeah, hey, hey, it's <laughs> noon. Some you gotta get Kirk a shirt that says it's noon somewhere. That would honestly be such
2: a be good, good branding. It's, it's, right, well, we're doing that. Nobody take that. <laughs> yeah.
1: The problem is you can't even refute it. This year in noon games, he's undefeated. It's he hasn't always, lost a It's noon always
2: game. noon o'clock somewhere. No, he just, hasn't lost a single what time noon was the game.
1: game. Was the Philly uh, game? No, that was a. It was, was a, a night game. Yeah, it was a primetime. He's one and I mean, one in primetime games. He's one and one at four fifty or four twenty-five. anything before that, he's undefeated. We got to
2: edit this part out so we can keep our branding deal alive when we eventually <laughs> release merch through Zone Coverage. We'll have a
0: shirt out on Redbubble by the time this is posted. <laughs> we'll put on, no, I'm just kidding, but yeah, no, it's just it's weird to watch. Like, I kind of get what you're saying because the defense is really frustrating to watch, and Kirk is really frustrating to watch at times. But in the end, I mean, they're locking up, and like I said, they were incredible in the red zone defense last on on Sunday
1: they're closing out games a lot more than you'd think. They closed out the game against the Bills. They closed out another tight one here. Right. It feels like when the chips are down, they're going to come their best. They're going to come up with their best, you know? And that's a good thing. But then again, I'm not like, we've seen it work against Josh Allen and Mike White, but I've... Which is two very different quarterbacks, but uh, I don't know if you can continue to work this often, especially in the playoffs when all the momentum is going against you. How are you going to feel it?
2: It doesn't yeah. feel like it's a long-term strategy or just, you know, way to play. You don't see too many Super Bowl winning teams do that. I know Pree talked about the Chiefs, but I feel like they just had so much on one side of the ball that it didn't really matter. And they I don't also the kind of things are there. They
1: also got kind of bailed out by Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan yeah. at the end of that game.
2: And in fairness, you can argue that like the you know, the Vikings Bills game earlier. The Bills did a lot to win that game, but they also did a lot to lose
0: that game. And I'm not sure how much of that you can really attribute to the Vikings defense. I mean, that's gonna happen every week. Like nobody plays a perfect game. And that's what people have been saying, knocking our wins or the Vikings wins is because, you know, the other team loses rather than the Vikings win. But it's I don't, I
1: hate that narrative so much because that's saying you don't. It's
0: by and that. It's a logic, meme at
2: this point. It's been yeah, it's a meme beaten to the ground. I I used to you know earlier in the podcast that's how I used to think, but it's just slightly concerning for the longevity of this team that that yeah. is just that, that that keeps happening. You know, that's I guess the most frustrating part to me is it's obviously great that the team's still winning, and I think they could definitely win a playoff game, but it's just not. It's it doesn't give me
0: excitement for this team going on a deep run you know dude imagine being a fan and watching these every week it's so like preet said he's gonna have a heart attack before this season ends my grandma said she's gonna die of a heart attack even if we get to the super (laughs) bowl she's never gonna see it happen like it's really draining man here's the oh yeah the
1: weird thing is during that game at the end i still didn't feel like we were gonna lose No, for some some reason I felt like something was gonna happen. I will
0: say I was worried we were gonna lose only because we had the lead, and I'm not even joking. I was more uncomfortable with a lead than behind one score. Like I honestly,
1: I felt fine. I didn't think we were gonna lose that game. Uh, It might have been just something I just the complete. I thought the way the
0: cards were falling, it was leaning into the Jets' favor, which it was for a minute there. But you were a Braxton Berrios drop away.
1: Yeah, we well to be fair,
0: you know I knew right away when they were targeting him. I mean barrios he's a what he's a punt he's returner, a returner at best right so i wasn't really worried and like as soon as it was in question before i saw the replay i'm like he dropped it it was pretty clear
2: L- low-key i'm a I'm a braxton barrios supporter he's a grinder dude man. i love he it, was
0: he was so fun to watch at, at miami. miami
1: yeah he was i had love him in a guy. fantasy
0: league when i used to play madden all the time and carried me man not even joking he actually developed <laughs> um so there I want to do this quick. There were two weird things that happened in this game that really caught my eye. I'll start with Preet. I don't know, Carter, let me know if you noticed these or not. We had this weird handoff on the first interception the Harrison Smith got <laughs> where he he lateraled it. <laughs> oh, he, laterally,
1: he, just yeah, he just handed, handed it, it, it
0: off. So I wasn't sure like, is are they gonna like look at this? Is this gonna be a problem, an issue? But my concern is like one, I like it on first thought Idolic. because Patrick Peterson used to be an all-world returner. He's I mean, also he thirty-two. Re- well, there's that, but let's keep it with—he's a good returner. We know that he's faster than Harrison Smith. How about that? But the risk outweighs the reward, right?
1: Yes, one hundred percent. You just got a momentum change. That's in play. an easy if, drop. If uh, if Patrick Peterson isn't expecting that ball, it's a scramble, and uh, you know, you're you're hoping that something falls your way there.
0: Uh, you have to uh, imagine Patrick Peterson just went up to Harrison Smith after a game. He said, next time you get a pick and I'm behind you, we're going to have a code word or something. Yeah. Or he's just saying, just run
1: forward. Cause Harrison Harrison's just ran sideline. He just ran sideline to sideline. It, tackle, back.
0: Though. it yeah. worked. It, well, I mean, did he did that many I don't think yards. we gained, I
1: don't think we gained many yards. You're in sideline to sideline. Just handed it off to Patrick Peterson backwards. And Patrick Peterson, just to his credit, grabbed the ball and ran for it. So, you know, Hey, good job there. But uh, I mean, please never do that again.
0: Carter, what did you think of this play? Is this like 5D chess or was it just like two veterans goofing around?
2: I'm not, I'm very
0: surprised that this happened. And like you said, Matt, it just
2: felt like they were just trying to do something to make house of highlights. Like that was probably, that's not a veteran play. I mean, Pat Pete has his
0: podcast. He's in the media a lot. Harrison Smith is quiet, but he's definitely like we saw it when Sandejo was on the team like he was still a goofy guy and he has a personality even though he's so quiet. I just I mean this I'm year sure more than is a last minute decision yeah. without a lot of thought but I'm just like, like I mean you what know, do you think cool was going on was like Pat that? Pete shouting behind him
2: give it to me give it to me or it, it had to have been it
0: had to have been an instinct I think they planned over. this I think I they, they, they might
1: have, have but
0: who's who's saying no to Pat Pete? like after the game, watching if, like if the there's highlights.
1: anyone on the defense who should say no to Pat Pete, it, it's Harrison Smith. It's
2: an average LSU graduate um play <laughs> intelligence. Play. Okay.
0: One other play. I want to run by you guys. <laughs> I this love is kind of
2: graduated from LSU. I'm sure he did, but he did. I know he did, he did graduate. Think. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure,
1: sure he did.
0: So one other play I want to run by you guys, kind of the same vein, Justin Jefferson. Oh. No, Justin Jefferson got a lateral with the intention to throw it and everyone was locked up. I don't know if it was supposed to go to Kirk or whoever.
1: It was going to go to, it was going back to cook. It was the same play we saw earlier in the year against the Patriots. And
0: and everyone got locked up. So Justin Jefferson kind of saved the play by running up the gut for eight yards here, eight yards. Yeah. So he, I mean, all things considered, it ended up fine, but is like KOC getting too cute with some of these in the middle of a game. That's like, we had the lead at this point. I think
1: that was like, I think the second drive or third, I don't think he's getting too cute because at some point, the defense is going to back off enough and you're going to be able to run a very successful screen play. And it's also sad that that's technically our most effective screen pass. Or no, it was a right. rush because it was behind, right? Was it a rush or a pass? What they uh, a it, is.
0: it was a rush because Justin Jefferson got the ball in the backfield and ran. I mean, it was intended to be a screen pass to Cook, I think. Yeah, it
1: was, exp- it was supposed to be a double pass. Yeah. But... I was I was gonna say he's getting a little too cute with it, but hey, full marks to Justin Jefferson. He didn't force the ball there. Garrett right. Wilson also did something similar. Where he threw the ball away, uh, with the Jets. It was a Smart move by him too. He good job not getting too cute and just running up the gut where no one was and diving when he saw a potential hit. That's great. That's a good way to turn a broken play into like eight or nine yards, which is exactly what we needed there.
0: So. There was one more thing I loved about this game, and it was getting Jalen Rager involved. Um, what are you laughing at? You're hyped or you're making money? I'm, I'm hyped. I'm yeah. No, I'm hyped.
1: I've been calling no. for this.
0: It's I, call, nice. I told you guys,
1: there's going to be one route where he runs deep and Kirk's just going to chuck it to him, and he'll come down with it. Well, he, he was
0: wide open, but no, before no, he we wasn't. talk about No, he was
1: this. doubled.
0: He wasn't doubled. It was He was in the both middle the of the field. Near, both was the safeties were close and them. someone was closing in. Like At time of catch, he was open. I'm just, at
1: time of, well, I mean, he it wasn't to contested. To the ball. He had to work back to the ball, which kind of made him a little bit more open. He was able to shift gears.
0: Nonetheless, he's been far more efficient on fewer snaps than hey, KJ Osborne.
1: Snaps. He got two snaps on offense. One was a 38 yard catch, one was an eight yard run. But he,
0: it's weird because every time he's on an offensive package, the ball goes to him so you think the defenses would know (laughs) and they probably do I mean he's fast so obviously he's probably not going to live up to his draft position but I think the story there is cool and that he ended up with us and like now that he's getting some snaps especially I particularly hope he gets some behind the line of scrimmage but Preet is this something obviously you're excited about it but what do you think is going forward with the Jalen Rager getting some more play time so, do you remember that one season we had
1: Aldrich Robinson on the team? I loved it. Yes, I think he'll be a souped-up version of Aldrich Robinson. He'll be—I've been hoping we'd get another
0: Aldrich Robinson for a couple <laughs> of years now.
1: He'll <laughs> be a wide receiver three slash four. He'll be a really just a gadget guy, but he'll have hell of speed, and that's exactly what you need. Speed kills, baby. Having that element of speed is just something you can't really—you can't really underestimate. You see with the Dolphins, especially with Jalen Waddle and, and uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. And just how all the things are able to do. And even if uh, Rieger, me and Carter were talking about earlier, if Rieger, someone like Rieger can with their speed goes in motion, you have to account for them. You can't just leave them open. So it's really good. I love I love the way the Bills use Isaiah McKenzie. And I think Rieger has many of the same skill sets. So if we could find a way to use him like that, hey, we're in business.
0: Carter, what do you want to see done with Rieger? Because he's getting more snaps. It's not a lot yet, but if he's making plays on the few snaps he gets, one he should get more two you can see that he's actually learning the playbook and he's developing and you know showing some of his talent that he has but how do you want to see the vikings use him in this offense
2: look so i'm not i think he should be getting more snaps but i do think it should be a somewhat limited snap count because of his role you've opportunities to use him as a decoy send him across start giving him just more creative plays like you said matt i'm a huge perpetrator of lining him up in the backfield i think that's awesome but his skill set very greatly reminds me of a certain player from the 2015 season who probably had his best season of his career that year, at least usage wise. and that being the 2015 Rams Tavon Austin. and if y'all remember, they would line him up at running back and do little stretch plays, put him in motion and get I believe it was Todd yeah, get rookie Todd Gurley the ball and it was just very awesome was very fun to creative. watch. oh my gosh like, I wish he got to do more in the NFL, but man, like I remember just looking up Rams highlights cause it wasn't anything crazy, but there's even, they'd even line him up in wildcat at some point. I'm not saying you can really even use Jalen Rager like that. But I think with what you're seeing from Jalen Rager now, it provides an opportunity for such more creative play calling and even just types of decoy type of things. I mean, you could even just do simple, put him in motion and put a Dalvin Cook counter the other way with the pulling guard or something. I think it's pretty easy. I just think you have to slightly increase his usage so people start buying it more. And sure, he doesn't have the best of hands, but what me and Preet were saying in the Patriots game, and I'm, I think I know I talked this on the podcast earlier, when me and Preet were watching the game, I was like, why don't the Vikings just use Jalen Rager on drag routes and get him the ball in space? And what do you know? One of the biggest plays of the game was Jalen Rager on a drag route over the middle. Nobody covered him because everybody ignored him. They're in a great place to put Justin Jefferson in a better place as well with it. So- <laughs> Use it. Use it. I the think it's the a... funny
1: thing about that pass was that route was meant to clear out Justin Jefferson, and it did. But Kirk just had faith in Raker, which is something the Eagles lacked for a long time. And he just said, Hey, I'm going to throw this ball up. And if you come down with it, great. And if not, we'll go to the next play. And Rager came down with it. And that was a that was really a momentum shifting play on that drive.
2: Uh, he just needed a change of scenery, too. And I want to see more happen out of him. I'd actually be really <laughs> let down if the Vikings let him go this offseason.
1: I don't think they will. I think they'll keep him, but they're gonna have to renegotiate that contract a little. They bit. they
2: hundred percent need to. But you know, seeing how this year finishes, I think he's like our super valuable piece that I want. I, I'm a huge gadget player guy. I think gadget players are so fun. I wish NFL every team is had so one. slow. No, I if do too. Like if you don't NFL's believe, so Carter. lame compared to like high school oh, football, college in. football, where you get guys who do this stuff all the time. Give it five years, and
0: every yeah, team will have. And it. you have different flavors. Like the Saints have Taysom Hill. He's a tight end quarterback like that's ridiculous. That's kind of like maybe we should use Joe Webb that way for example. But no, then we kind of have right, we have this punt returner who's also like a wide receiver who can get some plays done behind the line of scrimmage. So yeah, every team should have their own flavor of that and I think it just adds a lot of excitement to every game. Now, a talking point heading into this game was the good New York Jets defense and that had me worried about this game a little bit more than other games because we struggle against these good defenses. Um, they have the sixth top rated rush defense, and Cook and Madison had pretty solid games. And I don't even have let me check their volume quick. Yeah, 23 carries between them. Uh Dallin Cook averaged 4.3 yards per carry, and Alexander Madison had almost five. They both had a touchdown. I think it's the perfect time for them to actually start committing to the run, especially with Kirk Cousins having, you know, one of his worst games of this season. I I don't even know if I can say his worst maybe he looked the worst but his stats were okay he didn't have an interception at least is this the time of the season where the team really needs to hone in on the run and like build up that play action and get ready for the playoffs maybe keep some other guys fresh for pre-
1: yeah, 100 percent. I was going to say I love the series where the Vikings will rest cook completely and have Madison run because I feel like he's just so hard to bring down when the defense has been on the field for three consecutive drives. The last thing you want to see is a big bulldozer a running back running right at you. And, you know, the utility he has in the pass game as well is great. But just with the offense, uh, the offensive line not being at their imperious best on um, Sunday without Darisaw just having cook and having that run game to take a little bit away from the uh, taking a little bit away from the pressure was pretty good.
0: Carter was the jets defense overrated or did the Vikings, you know, have a good game finally, you know, they didn't put together a whole game, but there were a few quarters, the defense and offense were playing. Well, we held them to field goals a lot of times. Clearly. What do you think of, how would you rate like the Vikings' performance against you know a top tier defense that they haven't faced in a couple weeks?
2: I I really loved it. I mean, I thought the play calling has been getting a lot better too. I haven't really had too many issues with it, but let me rephrase. I guess the play balance has been getting a lot better. Right. The run is starting to get relied on a lot more, and I think that was the key to beating this Jets team. I mean, if you look at what the Patriots did to beat them twice. They ran the ball a ton, and that's what the Vikings did too. And the Jets still have a decent run defense, but with the way that the runs were designed, it was kind of carving them up at the right exact points. And I I really enjoyed watching it. It felt like KOC is learning a lot, and it was really encouraging to see. And I don't really think the Jets defense is overrated. You know, at the at this point in the year, there's a lot on film, and a lot of teams kind of you know they know what to expect a lot of the time. And I think we've kind of just hit that point where the Vikings had enough to develop a really solid game plan against them. I think they're still a good team. I mean, it's you don't get to that record with having Zach Wilson as your quarterback unless your defense is great.
0: So I wanted to look because I was curious. Obviously, Darisau has been out. Darisaw graded out really well as a lineman this week against a tough D-line in New York.
1: Brendel. Brendel. What did I say? Darisaw.
0: Yeah, Brandell graded out well in We've all of been saying
2: things wrong this week. I I called you Matt Anderson and Matt Johnson Matt Anderson. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> so, weirdly
1: enough, I'm Scott Free this week, baby.
0: Yeah, usually the one you're the one who says uh, what you've been saying Sean, Sean Payton, Payton, Sean Taylor. That's oh, the most disrespectful.
2: You you messed me up with that. A few <laughs> that was, ago so, too. Funny. That was Brandel, so funny. Blake Brandell,
0: the third highest ranked run block performance for PFF this week. And he had a respectable pass block rank too. So, I don't know if it's one hundred percent scheme or what, but he had the one rough game, but he's been solid ever since. And we should rest Darasa He had those concussion, the concussion. What? And I don't think concussion. Like
1: I don't think it gets better by like resting if you clear protocol. But
0: you want to risk Darasa getting another concussion? I mean,
1: I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Rest you're definitely Derisa. at
0: higher risk of having another concussion if you just have one. That's just yeah. But
1: I mean, if you clear protocol, I don't think. It's, let's let's be honest. Brandel he filled in admirably, but he's he's not gonna.
0: You understand protocol is just a made up thing, right?
1: Concussion protocol. I don't think so. Because if I've it was done, a made
0: up thing, I've done some research with this. I've done some articles and some podcasts relating to it for school, and it's basically like we have these seven days now. I mean, it's better than fewer days, but it's like they need to pass really simple tests. It doesn't mean your concussion's completely healed, you know?
1: Oh no, I, I yeah, but I I. Disagree with the notion of I mean, if you think is healthy enough and obviously his health comes first, there's no point in resting him, in my opinion. Just based I on know. I don't think Brandell He's also the, well. Jets, the Jets edge rushers aren't the problem. It's up the middle, which was the That's problem true. with Quinn Williams. You know, the moment he faces off against someone who's truly a good edge rusher. He played
0: he, well against Judan.
1: He also had helped the entire game with Madison chipping, Munt chipping. There's only so much you can do with that.
0: Well, let's leave it at also, that. Also, Judon weirdly well.
1: Judon weirdly lined up a lot against Brian O'Neill, which made no sense.
0: Well, they probably flip him like Hunter, no?
1: Not really. Well I mean he did he did float around, but most of his snaps were one on one against uh O'Neal.
0: Well, pre let's agree to disagree. How about Fair that? Fair enough. Okay, let's move on the Jets game. Nothing groundbreaking, but I'm interested to talk about this Lions matchup that's coming up. The Lions are five and seven and second in the NFC North. Um, they're favored right now against the Vikings by two and a half points. Now it's at Ford Field, but I mean we have double their amount of wins. Obviously, the Lions have been putting up some big numbers uh, on the offense side of the ball. But, Preet, why are why are the Lions favored against the Vikings? <laughs>
1: It's a combination of the entire media as a whole underrating the Vikings. And I feel also like everyone overrating the Lions and Dan Campbell, just based on the last couple of weeks, they have been very good and they did almost pull out that win against Buffalo. And I feel like it's a higher, they're playing better than expected. And people are also thinking they're going to hunt for that wild card spot. And they're going to be more desperate than the Vikings and just want it more. I personally don't see what most people see. Cause I mean, they might've been talking about the, uh, they might have been talking about like the Vikings defense playing so poorly, but if you look in terms of yards, the Lions are the only defense worse than the Vikings, so I don't see any point in this line at
0: all. Carter, are you surprised that the like, or the Lions are they um it's actually gone up from one point to two and a half points. So are you surprised that they were favored coming out and now that it's the numbers increasing? That's
2: so insane to me. I understand why the Vikings are not favored in this game. But I feel like I don't know. That's just really weird, and it, we're gonna see later. I'm I think I I kind of tend to lean more to the Lions side in this game, but the fact that they're the their favorite is just wild to me. I I don't understand how you can do that, especially at that at that point. It just I I don't know. I don't like Vegas on that one.
1: I mean, they've played they played tight at home, but. I don't it, know. it
2: just feels weird, and I know my predictions are going to sound contradictory to this because, you know, spoiler and I think I'm going to pick the Lions on this game, but I just don't get why you'd have them favored. And, you know, granted, I'm not a betting man in that type of sense, but I don't know. Vegas doesn't make sense to me sometimes.
1: I mean, but, hey, they had us as home dog against Dallas, and we saw that turned out.
0: Yeah, they knew they, they knew then. But this is such a tight. I don't know. The, the lions are home and it's a really tight number. Two and a half. Isn't that big. It's less than a field goal. So I don't know. I mean,
1: most, most lines are around three, two. And I, a half.
0: I, yeah, you know,
2: I, I do think the, the Lions have the edge in this game. If you want me to be honest, I feel like well,
1: they just, I Carter, mean, I Carter, feel then, like they want me, it more and need it more.
0: Well, they have Dan Campbell. I'm worried just because he's shouting on the sideline, taking out kneecaps, Carter, what would be your reaction then? If you're a Vikings fan and you lose the lions at this stage, it's, I mean, are there whatever. implications? I mean, obviously, they're not going to pass the Vikings, but the I don't know.
1: Hey, don't say obvious. Knock on wood.
0: So, I mean, look, I guess they don't have locked the division. Locked they,
1: I, I feel like I might know.
2: have a different perspective than y'all. And I off the top of my head, I'm not really 100 percent sure about how the rest of the Eagle schedule looks, but I feel like it's going it's to be very hard. hard.
1: They play the hard. Giants. They play the Giants twice. The Cowboys once. And it's and like I don't remember who else, but it's not probably not a very bad. It's not terrible. Giants, Bears,
0: Cowboys, Saints, Saints, Giants. So basically, the only difficult is one Giants game and one Cowboys game. The rest should be easy.
2: See, in in my head, just you know, even with that, too, even without thinking about that, it I felt like the Vikings are not going to get that number one seed, and nothing really changes too much for me if they lose this game. I know we were talking about it. We literally had this exact conversation before the Lions game early on in the season. We we had said, this is a good team. You don't want to play them at the best time. And we even said they might be trying to make a, a late year playoff push. I remember the conversation. Well, that's and what you don't want to play yeah. them home then. And that'd be horrible to do. And we're in that exact situation now where this game means so much more to them. And you're gonna hit the buzz saw right at the when it's spinning the fastest, and it's gonna be a little bit unfortunate, I think. But if the Vikings can pull this out, I have a lot more faith in them. To be, I, it doesn't to be really fair, change too much if they lose to me.
1: To be fair, the Cowboys, the Cowboys hit our buzz saw when we were spinning the fastest, and they were able to stop it. So,
0: yeah, but that's different that circumstances because that that's was after me. a Bills game. That was really Here's delaney. the thing.
1: Here's the thing is, what do the Vikings excel at without a shadow of a doubt this year? One score games and within the two minute marks, what have the Lions and Dan Campbell specifically been the worst at this year? Close no, games and the two minute mark. If you can keep it close, they will make a mistake. And Dan Campbell has shown multiple times he does not learn his lesson. True. In those two minutes, if that's you can keep it close, he will he will eat it. He will make a mistake. I mean, it
0: happened once this year already. This, it happened once against the us. It happens against the Bills.
1: I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, I've Basically. I've been waiting to unveil this one, but no, it's just they're going to give you a chance to win the game. Jared Goff, he has what I like to call the bozo gene. Doesn't matter how good he's playing.
0: <laughs> He'll throw the ball to you. Kirk Dude, he's been has playing buzzer. really clean.
1: He'll get I mean, in the last six games are four and two and they've only turned the ball over six times. I don't think that's or they've only turned the ball over three times. Sorry. I don't yeah. think that's going to last. Jared probably not going to last, but Jared Goff, Jared Goff has that playing. bozo gene. And we get Dantzler <laughs> back, too.
0: Did you invent Bozo Gene? Did you invent Bozo The is full of Kirk Cousins, oh, no.
1: Jared Goff's,
2: and Andy Dalton's. Anybody no, they all, can fall they're, into they're, that category. They're
0: all
1: the same. Yeah.
0: they're all
2: one and the but same. Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, yeah. and Joe or Jared Goff
1: are. just Kirk Cousins all is very, a better version of those two guys. They're all in the multiverse. Kirk and they're Cousins all is just Jared Goff sitting on Dalton's shoulders
0: in a trench coat.
1: No, yeah. but. Uh, here's the thing is they'll give you a chance to get the ball back and their entire offense right now. I I got the, I understand they get Jamison Williams back, but they're using him as a punt gunner overall, mostly unless they really up his anti week two, the, the week. second week. He's playing. I don't really see him making much of an impact. The only person who's going to make an impact is Jamal Williams, Deandre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown. And what did they do to us? They've doubled up Justin Jefferson. They tripled and doubled Justin Jefferson and made anyone else beat them. I think that's a strategy to, to do Amon Ross St. Brown. Double him and triple him up, make Khalif Raymond, make DJ Chark, make Josh Reynolds, make these guys who are not as good, beat you one-on-one.
0: I am a little bit worried about the run game, not because the Lions are really good at the run, but just, you know, I think it's going to give and our run Should defense. Should we be? Because
1: we got, we got Tomlinson back.
0: Too. We had Tomlinson back last game, and uh, Knight played pretty well against us.
1: Like I said, take away that 48-yard run. His numbers don't look great.
0: I was watching him. He passed the eye test against us. Uh, I don't think he did. I disagree once again because he averaged. I know you have that big long run, but you can't take that away.
1: I mean, you can't take that away. But if if we can't
0: tackle their running backs against the Lions like we couldn't last week, then it's just going to be all over I think
1: stylistically the worst matchup for you is DeAndre Swift. I don't think Jamal Williams is a bad. He's a good. Oh, I
0: agree. They just rely on him in the end zone.
1: No, no, no. I think think if the Lions want a chance to win, they're going to have to rely on Swift a lot more. And they're gonna have to find. If I'm at Donaldson, I'm gonna take away him. I'm gonna Ross St. Brown because he's their best pass catcher. Do what they did to you. Do well, it against them.
0: Now, what do you predict for a score? Because we'll move into the prediction segment right after that.
1: What do I predict for a score? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say twenty-seven twenty. And Dan Campbell gives you a chance to win at the end. He'll either, he'll either. It'll be the last two minutes, like always. He'll either give us a chance to win it, or he'll make himself lose it because I have no faith in him in two minute warning situations.
0: Now I'll I'll preface this saying I haven't decided yet and C- Carter I might hedge my bet and pick the same as you from a gambling perspective because we're tied right now at 9 and 3. But Let's hear your I'd prediction. Love I'd
1: love for you to do that because that you're, makes play, you're playing for winning. overtime, Matt.
0: That's true. That's are Playing true. for
2: overtime. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm you're, you're for the right, win, baby. You I was gonna it.
0: pick the Lions,
1: not gonna lie, and then I saw. Carter. I know. I'm it's still the, thinking about it. It's the Chargers
2: Raiders game in in 2021. You're playing for overtime.
1: <laughs> that was still the dumbest decision by Staley not to just let them knee the ball out. Like, what are you
2: doing? I man? hate
1: Brandon Staley so much. But
2: I Matt, used to what's think he was. Like...
0: I'm waiting for you. I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings, but.
2: I see Preet brings up a really good point about Dan Campbell and, in just one possession games, but something just tells me that somehow the lions pull this one off and you get so much media attention. And I'm going to guess the lions could even win by about 10 points and have a really good offensive performance. And Preet, I might have to disagree with you on this one. I think that since J- we haven't seen how they're going to use James Williams, I think he might have two receptions, but those two receptions help the Lions see, out a see, lot. That
1: does scare me, but the problem is they're, they've committed to using him as a punt gunner.
2: Like well, that they're was using just the their, first week, you know.
1: They're using their Ferrari not to go out and, like win street races. They're going out with their Ferrari to get milk. It now, makes no sense.
2: I I do agree with you. However, I will defend Jameson Williams a little bit. I wrote two draft profiles on him: one for the Packers, one for the lot, or excuse me, for the Vikings. He is a great special teams player. Yeah,
1: no, I understand he's a great special teams and player. Use I understand working is valuable, him in
2: that way first. And I think he could be easily implemented the offense in just little designed plays this week that really can screw over the Vikings just because they're not respecting it. I'm going to guess the Lions win 34-24, 10-point games, somewhere in that range.
1: I understand the idea of respecting Jamison Williams and all that, but... If you're going to use him, use him as a kick return, use him as a punt returner, things he's done before. Don't use him as a punt gunner, the position that's going to get injured the most where he's getting literally pushed against his will with his recovered ACL. That feels like the peak of stupidity to me, but See, I think I, you it should It doesn't be the bother me that
2: much. I just viewed it as them just putting him into the game slowly. Now, punt gunner probably wasn't the best. Yeah, no, 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 My
1: problem isn't with the special team. My problem is punt gunner. That's the okay, worst position that, to put him at. I would if you're returning sense. kicks, understand. Hey, go for it. If he's returning kick uh, punts, go for it. Punt gunner, a spot where two dudes are pushing up against you. Jameson Williams, not the biggest dude in the world. He's not the strongest guy. He could get seriously hurt. Dude. I wonder
0: if punt returning is more dangerous for an injury than punt gunning, though.
1: No, because you can fair catch. I don't recall. You don't fair catch well, every time. You don't put a position. guy out there to fair
0: catch every time.
1: I tell that to Jalen Rager most of the time this year.
0: Well, in in
2: fairness, this might be a really weird thing to talk about, but when a, t- when a player at Alabama who is their number one receiver that year is also known for being the best punt gunner in the nation, I would use him there a little bit. And that's yeah, I would, wild that that I would, happened at Alabama.
1: I would use him there a little bit, but I wouldn't use him his first week back from a major injury. That feels... Not It's great. not the
2: best choice, but I understand why they did it. Especially watching, I mean, the dude was the best special teams player in the nation. Oh, he, he, was, he
1: was. If, if he
2: if he can you imagine if he was just Matthew Slater, being he'd be the best punt gunner in the history. <laughs> if he was of the just NFL. if he was just
1: Matthew Slater, he would be a huge disappointment to the Lions.
2: <laughs> that's not like that's not what i meant you know what i oh. mean though <laughs> okay i know i thought that's what you <laughs> Sorry. meant I was, like... I was just saying if, if he just solely was a punt gunner he'd be the best punt gunner in the history of the nfl
0: i didn't mean for my draft stock well let's get back on topic i'll just lock in my prediction in stone i think it's going to be like a vikings win 24 to 21 i think it is going to be a last second i'm i'm going to stop predicting convincing wins because i think i've been doing that for like three four weeks uh besides the bills game But actually, I think I did predict a convincing way against the Bills, but it's going to be like 24 to 21, 27 to 24, something like that. And the Vikings are going to pull it out with a field goal or take the lead at the end with the touchdown. I think it's going to be close. That's what these Lions games always look like. Uh, Carter, do you want to introduce Super Gremlin of the Week and we'll close out?
2: Of course, of the Week is our segment of the week where we basically get to talk about anything in the sports world, coined by the famous, excuse me, infamous Antonio Brown by himself on Twitter. And my Supergirl of the Week is someone who did steal. He stole something. And that would be Sean McVeigh. Which, you know, <laughs> We're I think it is hilarious. And for those who don't know, Sean McVay just picked up Baker Mayfield after my Carolina Panthers released him. And I feel like it's fairly appropriate for me to talk on this topic because objectively, it's a great move for the Rams. Matthew Stafford could be retiring. He's been dealing with some injuries. He's won the Super Bowl, walk off into the sunset healthy. Um, and they don't have any draft picks to get a quarterback. And, you know, why not do it? But at the same time, you look over – and you look at their divisional rival who lost Trey Lance and oh, Jimmy God. Garoppolo. And, I Andrew, will, and so, I'm
0: still afraid to face them.
2: Yeah. I'm not. And Are you kidding I me? I will tell what? you, hey, I'm their a defense. Brock Purdy fan. I love that man That Iowa Irrelevant. State. I think he's a good quarterback. But – Hey, and get Josh some tape Johnson, on him. It's over. Also a good
1: quarterback. But get why some not tape on him. It's a, over. Huh? Get some tape on him. If you're
0: worried about the 49ers because they're quarterback, you're worrying about the wrong thing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Hey, I'm just saying
2: I like the guy. I think his biggest benefit is he will just listen to Shanahan, and Shanahan will say, throw the ball here, and he will do that, and they will get some production off of it. But I think it would have been a good move for the Niners to get Baker, but Sean McVay came in. With a little thief mask on. I think he, a little, had the, a he had a
0: little mask with, and stole him. He had the, the Rams, bag the Rams, over the Rams his had his shoulder a, and a mask on and he's crawling the Rams through.
1: had the uh priority on the waiver wire, so that's why they were able to get him before the Niners. He didn't even But it's hilarious,
2: boundaries. you know, isn't it? Because you didn't really I, I don't think that this they the would have done place, that if the Niners weren't interested, despite an inherent need for that to happen. <laughs> I think that it the situation ended up working out. And I think it's hilarious that they did it.
0: I think Baker still has room to develop, too, so it's not a bad move.
2: And, you know, to be truthful with you, I don't know if I could have watched the NFL again if Baker Mayfield and Christian McCaffrey led the 49ers to (laughs) a Super Bowl win. I I would have loved to hear what Matt Rule would have loved to have said about that on some podcast because Matt Rule has not said the kindest or most self-aware things since being fired as the Panthers head coach.
1: Which is funny because Matt Rule is not the most self-aware person. No, expect like nothing less. <laughs> all right,
0: Preet didn't even write down his super gremlin, so I'll yeah, just I did. go quick. Yeah, I
1: did. It's below the. It's oh. it got caught into the picture.
0: Wonderful. Well, I'll go quick. Um, I'm choosing Aaron Rodgers, and I love this story because it's it's nothing new. It's all it's the Aaron Rodgers we know and love now, or know and hate. But Deshaun Kaiser just came out. He spent some time as a backup, and actually, I think he started a few games when Aaron Rodgers was out, maybe one or two times. Brett
1: Hundley. That was Brett Hundley.
0: I thought Deshaun Kaiser got like one or two nope. games. He Mm-mm. didn't play at all.
2: It was Brett Hundley. Then it was Brett
1: Hundley that 2017 season. season? Kaiser was just
0: as bad. He was there right after. Yeah, they Nonetheless, he has some stories about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is a quote for quote statement from Kaiser. The first thing that comes out of Aaron Rodgers' mouth was, "You believe in 9/11?" Now, right off the bat, I'm not surprised, <laughs> but this is hilarious to me. <laughs> I mean, we have a lot of this nonsense going around. We've got like the Kanye West and AB, but this is harmless. Like it's just Aaron Rodgers spouting nonsense to Kaiser. And it goes on further. Rodgers told Kaiser he should read up on that because Kaiser replied. Yeah, I believe in 9 Why wouldn't I? And then we got inner earth, moon landing, reptile people. Kaiser said, y'all are laughing. Go do your research. I'm telling you. And. I mean, obviously there's the chance Rogers was trolling Kaiser Rogers kind of has that reputation, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit, a a little bit of B with if you, if we've watched,
1: if we've learned anything from his Joe Rogan uh, or Pat McAfee and Joe Rogan stuff, he he wasn't trolling. My favorite thing is his chemtrails trails theory, which was just.
0: Yeah, it all adds up to one big conspiracy theorist, you know, meld of just garbage coming i think out of aaron Rodgers i think now.
1: rogers thinks that uh i think rogers thinks that all the head coaches are the lizard people
0: and pre you might hate me for this but i spent a long time like admiring aaron Rodgers, and i loved watching him play but yeah, yeah he's yeah, one as of a the player, best sure yeah exactly and i think as a his, person no when he comes out with the purple can of crush i think that's funny in the post game presser kind of corny but like now he's just 100 cringe like he did the salute at soldier field like Okay, dude. You I, beat I thought the that bears. I thought that
1: was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. His His haircut is abysmal. His haircut oh, looks too. like his haircut looks or like the a fit he game, had I when he was getting say. on the
0: plane, and he had like the robe on. Also, he missed
2: McAfee for the first time ever this today. I wonder why. Uh, I don't know if you all saw that. Yeah, no, I didn't see that, time. but he like obviously Tuesday. I'm...
1: Huh. To be fair, I mean, if you owned a team like Rodgers owned the Bears, I'd do that salute too. If we, if Kirk Cousins owned the Packers like that, I'd expect him to double salute, double finger. Everything. Dude, that's
0: Rodgers Super Bowl.
1: Oh, it is. This year it is. Yeah. this Oh, year. well, don't tell, don't tell Peter Bukowski that he still thinks the Packers can backdoor into the playoffs.
2: Oh, gosh.
1: But no, so I'll take over from here. My, uh, my super grandma of the week is primetime Deion Sanders. And if you don't know, he got a new head coaching job. He moved from Jackson State to Colorado. You know, good, good for him. Which is awesome. Awesome. I love it. He, he's a good coach. And the first thing he tells his new players is, I've got some luggage, and I'm bringing some luggage with me, and it's Louie, referring to Travis Hunter, Shadur Sanders, those guys. And he basically told all <laughs> his players that if they, they can jump in the portal right away, which is hilarious for a new coach to come and do that, but hey, if there's that's called
0: pulling the herd, Preet, oh, he's, 100%, he's committed,
1: one hundred percent. But if alpha there's any, move right there. If there's any coach who can do that, it's prime time with his recruiting <laughs> skills. And Zimmer,
0: he perhaps. oh yeah,
1: Zimmer, Zimmer might be the DC, which is hey, I'd love that for him, but. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you laughing?
2: Just imagine Zimmer yeah. in primetime. They're trying buddies to coach a team together. They're buddies?
1: No, they're buddies. Are they primetime? Yeah, primetime. Primetime said Zimmer Dallas. was his best coach. Really?
0: really? Yeah. Sorry.
1: No, Dallas. In, in my head, though,
0: they just do not fit together. No, really. are you kidding
1: me? Primetime and Zimmer are best friends. No, Zimmer
0: would take calls. I like, did not know this at all from Dion and stuff.
1: You didn't? There, they're, the primetime no, literally no said idea. Mike zimmer's his best coach he's had or something along those wow. lines. That yeah.
2: I'll be honest with you. I just in my head, they just seem like such opposite people. No, they're hey, tight. That's if you, if you think
1: that's funny, if you think that's funny, well, search up Brett Favre and Deion Sanders' friendship. Hilarious! Interesting. I'll have
2: to look into this. I gotta know my lore about well, all they spent these, a lot of the time NFL together at the Falcons, right?
1: Like a year or
2: two, <laughs> or two, that was a joke, <laughs> but. I think it's so funny because, like what you said, like Dion's the only person who can do that because he knows that his presence is going to bring everything in. And well, they got like head... four or
1: five stars within like
2: 30, I know. 30, it... like 48 hours,
0: dude. Like and the effect of if... Leon Sandcastle, baby.
2: They literally <laughs> have had two winning seasons in the last 20 years. D- these players haven't been used to winning. I don't necessarily like that he said it, but if you think about it, it kind of makes. A lot of nah, sense. No,
0: I kind of respect it now that we're breaking it. Down. I
2: I really like it because he's saying that this is my program, and, and we didn't cover it in there, but he still said that he wants people who can compete. So he's just weeding out the people that won't be there. And yep. out of any coach, like so few coaches will have that instant impact of, on the transfer portal that he had. He picked the right time to say it, and it's. I mean, he's letting them know. He's he he introduced his son. As basically the team's quarterback in his opening press conference, <laughs> so like I mean, we'll
1: we'll see. I
2: think he's going to do great. He, he said.
1: There. He also said, "I left the safety." He said, "I left the safety at Jackson State." He done pissed me off talking about his other son, Shador Sanders, <laughs> or not Shador, uh, Shiloh Sanders. Which is, is hilarious. this the one that
2: was at South Carolina who transferred there? Yeah, He transferred to Jackson State? He's staying at Jackson State.
1: Apparently. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I did, I missed that. Or I think he might have been joking, but he said the other the other one done pissed me off, so I left him there. I love see, how he referred to his players as his luggage, and he said they're Louie, and they're some dogs, which is just...
2: It, it they speak in so their language. And I'm so happy, because, you know, when if Bo Nix stays, all I want to see is Colorado blowing out Oregon with Dion Sanders shutting down Bo Nix, even though I love Bo Nix. That's I'm probably not going to happen there. in the
1: first year, but...
2: Okay, leave me alone, Preet. I can dream.
1: To be fair, Bonix is the type of dude to use all his red shirts, all his COVID years and everything.
2: Oh, yeah. He, he man loves college.
0: He'll transfer back to Auburn by the time it's over. Okay, guys. Let's end the show here.
1: Hugh Freeze might bring him back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Preet, say the thing. We're done.
1: You have just completed your voyage on. You.
0: That's how we're going to end it from now on. Just just We're stop. done. Done.